Hey friends, happy new year. Thank you for listening to Nuggets and Verse this past year. This was my first year as a podcaster and I managed to put out uh, 19 episodes. That was since I started in March. I'm including this episode since it was recorded in 2023. My goal was two per month, and so I fell a little bit short at the end of the year. Um, you know, it just became a little uh, a little bit hectic for me. I read some statistics that said most podcasters pull the plug by episode number seven. And the average podcast reaches about 30 listeners per episode. I'm proud to say I'm going to keep Nuggets and Verse rolling into 2024 and beyond, and we averaged about 60 listens per episode, not including this one. The cool thing for me is that most of our listeners listen to the entire episode. Our most listened to episode was episode number one with my wife, Stacy, followed by the open range race director, Eric Sutter, which I will be doing that race this year. Third most listened to was, again, my wife, Stacy, discussing her unbound gravel journey, followed by my conversation with good friend and now business partner at Other Trails Coffee and Goods, none other than Jody Passelage. Then rounding out the top five was Loft Cycling's Jeremy Hutzel rounding out the top five spot. I'm proud of every episode, and I hope you can find the time to check out the back catalog. I would also really appreciate a follow on whatever platform you listen to Nuggets and Verse on. Alrighty, now that I have that wrapped up, let's get into this episode. My guest is DEP, Downtown Excelsior Partnership, Main Street Program, Executive Director, Lindsay Baxter. The DEP is responsible for a lot of success downtown Excelsior Springs has seen over the years with efforts to beautify, fund, organize, and promote downtown through destination marketing and events. One thing that was very evident from my conversation with Lindsay is that she has a keen understanding that it takes the work and involvement of all interested parties coming together to really move the needle. I hope you enjoy this conversation as we jump into 2024. Hey everybody, this is Nuggets Inverse. I'm your host, Philip Shear. I have long-form conversations with entrepreneurs, athletes, working folks, and anyone with a story to tell. I hope you find your nugget of truth or inspiration in this episode. All right, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming down. We are uh, recording at uh, at other trails uh, today because one, I want people to come out to this loft studio that I built, um, but it's in a barn in a lot with horses, and so it's a muddy disaster, oh, and, especially right now, and not pleasant to walk through. So I thought this would be a little better. So let's just get started. This is what I typically do with local guests is I just kind of want to find out the Excelsior connection. So born and raised or like a transplant or like how did you come to, to be an Excelsior? To born with? and raised. Um, I was one of those born and raised people that said I'm going to college and I'm never coming back. It's funny to look at me now and this is my job. And so coming back, what what brought you back? Um, an expensive master's degree in football free housing at my parents' house. Uh, so I had got my master's in school counseling from UMKC. And as I was finishing that program, I said, there is no way I can work in a school system for the next 35 years. It's just not going to work out for me. I'm going to mm-hmm. be miserable. So at that point, I was bartending, managing a restaurant. 
and thought, what am I going to do with my life? Here I am, you know, 26 years old, need to come up with a plan. And I had been volunteering for DEP on what was considered the Movers and Shakers Committee, and that was your 20-somethings who were trying to find a way to make this a fun place for 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. And the position was available, and I thought, why not? Like, even at that point, I think when I applied, I was like, this will just be a filler, like, yeah. until I figure out what I want to do with life. And a decade later, here I am. I, I think I found my spot, and I've really enjoyed it. Nice. So. So my wife grew up in Excelsior. I'm a transplant for sure. Has Excelsior surprised you as like an adult versus what it was when you were when you were young? Yes, definitely. Um, when I was young, you know, elementary school, like I think I remember dancing in the Circle Drive one time for dance theater workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, like you just didn't come down here. There wasn't a reason, like maybe your dad did cause he needed a part from Brunkies or something. Sure. But other than that, no reason. Um, I think we came down one time in high school for pictures and that too was also in the circle drive. And I joke, but like I came home from college, my undergrad's winter break one year and my mom had joined DEP as a volunteer when they were first starting their efforts back in, you know, 08, 09. And when she told me she was involved, I was like, what the heck for? Because I remembered, like, this is dilapidated. There's nothing here. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you spend your time doing that? Um, And it was through her that I got involved. So um, to consider what it was like growing up here and to see the hustle and bustle and the thousands of people we welcome now every year, it's it's just it's been really cool, rewarding, um, a very rewarding process to be a part of and to be surrounded by so many volunteers who make all of the work possible and help us accomplish what we're all trying to do. Um, when my wife kind of describes downtown as, um, as a ghost town when she was in high school, and then you can probably speak to this better than I can, but there is a survey that's online and it looks like, I want to say, is it from the early nineties? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like on the, I want to say it's on Excelsior Springs, the city website that you can get to it, but it's, kind of a survey of, I don't know if survey is even the right word, of most of the streets downtown, and it's got, you know, like, black and white photos of, like, all the buildings that were here, and it kind of describes the architecture a little bit. Oh, is it our National Register nomination when we were trying to become a historic district? Maybe. It's like a huge document, and you download it. Yep, I bet that's Um, what it is. Or the master plan. But I want to say that the date of the survey was like 1992 or something. And when you look through those photos, there's, of course, like cars in front of the buildings. And there's, um, you see the facades of the buildings. And it looks bad. Like, it looks terrible. I mean, windows are boarded up. Like, facades are just, like, covered in plywood and there's kind of like broke down cars in front of buildings. It's really like interesting to look at and then to, to think about it, you know, now or to see oh, it now yeah. is pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. The, the private investment we've seen um, in the last, we'll say 15 years has mm-hmm. just been, you know, wow. Um, I think a lot of that is supported probably a little bit by the Elms investment that they put into their property that helps support what's going on down here. But we have some, great property owners that have dumped tens of millions of dollars just in the last decade to improve from the days of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think was the, well, I think you kind of just answered it a little bit, but what do you think are some of the catalysts that kind of got it to turn the corner? Um, I think, again, the Elms, I did touch on them. Uh, they've switched some ownership time and time again, but there's consens- consistently been a commitment um, from them to enhance their property, to bring people to the community. This one is another reason that I think in the last, I'll say, five, six years has supported a ton of development is working with the city to implement a Chapter 353 tax abatement program. Um, So we put together, in addition to your federal and your state historic tax credits, as well as some of the programs that Ameren or the USDA were able to offer locally, we put together some pretty great incentive packages to incentivize people fixing their buildings. Um, Studies show fixing a building is far more affordable than it is to build new, and fixing what we have allows us to maintain our uniqueness that we didn't have. So I I don't have numbers on me, but again, Mm -hmm. several millions of dollars have been used in the last five to six years that then they're receiving the benefit of tax abatement on the property. With that, can you tell me, like, what is... What is your role, the DP? I think it's official title. And then can you kind of you know, just talk about in general, like what it is that you do? Sure. And not necessarily just you, but like what, what the DP, the like what makes that, yeah. So. Perfect. Um, so I'm the executive director for DEP, Downtown Excelsior Partnership. Um, our organization operates off of the National Trust Framework through the Main Street Center. Uh, it's a... I'll call it relatively new program, I believe. 40 years is how long main streets have been a thing. Um, Ours locally began in 2006 when several business owners, and when I say several, we're going to say like four because there weren't that many down Mm -hmm. here in 2006, got together and said, we've got to make a change. And they decided that that was the approach that made the most sense for what needed to happen in our community. And what that entails is they operate off of a four-point approach. And that four-point approach involves promotion, which is your activity, your marketing, your events. Design, which is what do our buildings look like? How can we help get them fixed? That's the streetscape. That's the planters. That's the banners. Uh, Economic vitality, formerly restructuring. Now it's vitality. And that includes keeping businesses here, um, business retention, recruiting businesses to the area. Um, We've expanded on that to also be able to offer education um, for our businesses in the form of economic vitality, as well as visitation data, market analysis. Um, I'm a pretty big numbers geek, so that Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite areas of what we do. And then the last one, organization. So we are a not-for-profit 501c3 tax-exempt. So We are funded through donations, giving, grants, those those types of items. So that committee is constantly focused on how do we raise money so that we are able to ensure our programming and events and initiatives do take place to better support our businesses. Because the ultimate goal of what we're here for is to make our downtown thrive, to bring traffic to our downtown, promote positive economic development while creating a pretty environment that people want to be a part of. As our organization has grown, we've expanded into having multiple committees, um, some reasons because of the magnitude of the type of events we have. So barbecue and fly in on the river is its own committee. Christmas, it's over. 
Um, they have their own committee with, mm-hmm. I think, 42 straight days of events. Um, we have a website committee. We're a little bit unique from most Main Street organizations across the nation in that we have kind of absol- or absorbed the tourism responsibilities for what goes on in our community since the city doesn't have its own tourism department. So we have our Visit Excelsior website that we work on. We do the Experience Excelsior Trip Planner. So tools to continue bringing mm-hmm. new people to town. Is the DEP, this is a, something I was thinking when we were talking, is it a standalone organization or is it tied to main streets? Can you, We are a standalone, how does that connection happen? Um, we're a standalone organization. We follow their framework. We do have like a program agreement with them that says okay. we'll do X, Y, and Z. Um, but we don't receive funding from them or monetary, direct monetary assistance. However, through our program agreement, we're actually, I think there's eight of us in the state of Missouri now. One, maybe maybe Joplin just became up there with us, but we're an accredited Main Street community, which is the highest level of achievement you can reach through that annual assessment that is conducted by the National Main Street Center and Missouri Main Street Connection. So with being in that top tier of programming, we are eligible for some services from them, whether that be, you know, maybe it's logo design or we have access to specific grants that they're offering that are passed through opportunities. So that's kind of, does that okay. help you maybe um, a little bit? No? I'm going <laughs> to embarrass myself a little bit more. Um, so Main Streets is an organization that... They're promoting downtown revitalization, historic preservation, and economic development across the entire state. Okay. Gotcha. So it's like, I'm trying to think of a comparison, but uh, I'm not pulling it out of my head right now. Um, We're a lot like a chamber of commerce. That's like the 100, 200 Mm -hmm. year organization everyone knows. Where we are different is we get to micro focus on a specific district. We are also a 501c3, not a c6. So we're here to support everybody regardless of if we're given money or not, because we're for the Mm -hmm. betterment of all. And there's like a national chamber, a state chamber. All right. What, uh, so you said it started in 2006. It is. What were there, are there some like, like specific things that the DP can like, obviously I kind of know what's going on now, like sure. with the events, but what are some of the, like the things that the DP can hang their hat on for downtown? I'm kind of wanting to go back a little bit. What are okay. some of the, like, like the maybe big ticket items that, sure. that the DP has been able to accomplish? The early years, we'll start there. Um, they were able to develop agreement with the city to make the water bar accessible again to the public. It had been closed and not oh, operational wow. for a lot of years. And so through a service contract with the city, DEP is responsible for operating the visitor center seven days a week. Um, we have over 20,000 visitors walk through there per year. That doesn't even include like our big event days where mm-hmm. there's no possible way we could keep accurate counts. Um, they were also responsible for spearheading the implementation of the downtown community improvement district sales tax. That's a three-quarter cent sales tax collected by all of the businesses mm-hmm. here in downtown. It is its own political subdivision, but DEP has a partnership agreement with that as well. So we're able to use the money collected through those revenues to add those planters, to add those banners, to do some streetscape development studies so that we can make this nicer. A lot of it goes into marketing efforts for the year, but it's all it was all developed to push money back in to support our business community. 
do you guys do, I assume you guys do a lot of tourism marketing um you know aimed at like bringing folks is i've always felt like excelsior is like from a destination standpoint works best to think of it as like a regional draw would that be accurate yes that is that is where a bulk of our money is spent however because we had like i don't want to say through all of our eggs in that basket but Mm -hmm. most of them um, when we sat back and did some long-term visioning and goal setting for the organization, we determined that we needed to better find the potential of our local resident. And by local, I'm Excelsior plus 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. What what does that look like? Um, and so we have modified a little bit of our monetary spend to better target those local people to get them in here supporting us day to day, not just the visitor on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing really positive results Um in the attendance breakdown between who's coming and who's not, when they're coming, and then even in our event attendance. You know, we used to be 20, 80, 20 local, 80% out of town for events, and we're mm-hmm. closer to 60, 40 now. So oh, nice. it's working because we want that local yep. support as well. Jody and I laugh a lot because on a daily basis, someone comes into the shop and they said, we've never been down here. And we're like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I live here in Excelsior. And then um, I think I was talking to... Um, Jim or Daphne down at Willowspring and they're like every day like so it's, it's it's not uncommon down here to hear that but it does feel surprising like mm-hmm. it's like how can that be and it's I think it, yeah so that's awesome that you guys are focusing pulling in the folks who are here too so yeah I think the best thing that could have happened for our downtown district was when they had to redo the bridges on 10 Highway in 2015. Yep. Um, and it, all of that traffic, maybe they didn't stop, but it got people driving through here again and seeing like, oh, there's signs and there's people and there are things to do. So that was, I mean, huge. That's something we couldn't ever have again. Like I wanted to blow the bridge up like the week before it was completed just so people had to keep coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a huge, huge positive impact for what we were doing down here and for our businesses. Yeah. Kind of my story with downtown and just kind of my love for Excelsior probably begins with that bridge because I moved here in 2015. So probably had to drive through downtown to get home or to go to work. And uh, I don't know. I For me, like my love of Excelsior actually starts with Jim and Daphne at Willow Spring. Yeah. And, and at that time in 2015, there were way less businesses, but you could feel you could feel things were starting to happen. Starting. So for sure, I think that that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of too bad, right? Like small communities like all over the nation have just been bypassed by yep. by interstates and. Um, but now I kind of treasure the fact that we're not on an interstate. It, yes. Because it kind of has like a, when you come to Excelsior, you actually feel like you're going somewhere because it's not you know, connected, you know, right on an interstate. Far enough to get away and escape the hustle and bustle, but close enough. If you want that, you can have it. It's yeah. like the best of both worlds. You said that uh, you, you, you like the numbers. I'm I'm curious, and this just popped in my head, where, like, like, can you pinpoint where people are coming from? Is it mostly Overland Park? Is it 5% from St. Louis. Is, can so you share a little you per- bit of that? I can. I mean, I'm not going to be able to give you percentages because I don't ever want you to be like, but you said 5%. And I'm going to be like, yeah. I had no idea. Um, so, I mean, I guess we can tell everybody like how I know this. So we have access to Placer AI and it's a 
data tracking software company, everybody on their phone says, yeah, you can track me or use my location. Sure. And they have partnerships with all of those apps that you've told can do that. So I know when you're in our district, how long you stay, where you came from, what you did while you were here, when you left. All, I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of crazy scary. So yeah. our biggest pockets is we do have a ton of day trippers that come out of the Overland Park, Kansas, um, South Kansas City area that come to see us. But then for like our overnight guests, we see a ton come from Wichita. Some from Manhattan, not a huge group of people, but some from Manhattan, Kansas, Omaha, Nebraska, huge, Des Moines, Iowa, we get several from, and most recently, one that I have learned we're starting to see a lot of pull from is Columbia, Missouri, and St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so we typically pull, I guess, from like the northern area outside of the Columbia and St. Louis, but definitely a northern pull. And part of why we also have that benefit of pull from there is... Through the Missouri Division of Tourism, they have a marketing matching grant program that DMOs, destination marketing organizations, can take advantage of. Unfortunately, we are not one of those because there can only be one in the county, so our Clay County Tourism Department is one. Mm -hmm. And within that matching criteria, they have very specific and designed markets that budgets have to be spent in. So we know that there's a ton of money already being pumped into those areas from the state tourism and the county tourism. So we go in and follow it up with some local tourism pieces to get them to come here too. Nice. I had something on top of my mind. I talked too long. Oh, no. Well, doing, like, doing this is... It's been a little bit of an education for me. Like, I have no clue what I'm doing. I just started recording conversations. And uh, one thing, there's like a balance between being a good listener, but also like having enough on the top of of your mind to like to roll into the... What's next? To roll into what's next. So, um, is there anything like that you can share? I feel like I ask this of a lot of guests that are local, but that you can share that's like, that's coming, that's exciting? I don't know if anybody else will find it exciting, but we might be accomplishing my dream project in like the next three to five years, and that is a whole new streetscape down here. Um, It is pedestrian friendly. We just completed the study and cost opinion assessment for what that looks like, Um, and now we've handed that off to the city, and through a partnership with them, they're going to go pursue the funding for us to actually implement this. So we're talking like beautiful brick stamped crosswalks that slow traffic down, bump outs that have permanent vegetation, trees, better lighting systems, um, trash receptacles, bike racks, just where we're no longer, yes, we want vehicles to come through, but they're not our primary focus. The people who are here are benches. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be gorgeous. I wish that we were on TV and I'd like pull my phone <laughs> up and show a picture of what it's going to look like. It's absolutely stunning. Um, I know that's like cool five years, but like projects like that take a long time. So that'll actually end up being around a, I'm going to guess $5 million investment between grants and capital Mm -hmm. improvement funding that will have to go toward the support of that project. But that's a pretty big deal. Um, But like on a smaller level of like cool things we're going to do is, I mean, now that you're involved down here at other trails, like you see, we have a ton of ticketed events every year Mm -hmm. and that is part of our funding mechanism as an organization, but of course they're designed to ring the registers of our participating locations while they're happening. And we 
believe that we do need to enhance our nightlife offerings in downtown. And as an organization, we wanted to be able to find ways to offer some free things for people to do. So beginning next year, I think it's an eight, it's really 16 weeks, but eight mm -hmm. performances. We're going to have a Friday night summer music series. Name is still to be determined because we can't come up with anything catchy or clever yet, but we will. And it's actually going to mm -hmm. be on the lawn of the Hall of Waters. Oh, now that's that awesome. Now that that's able to be operational and used again. Um, so we're, you know, everything from blues to country to, I mean, all the different genres. And that'll be on Friday evenings. So hopefully people will come down and hang out for those. Um, what else is cool that we're working on right now? Our trip planner is getting ready to come out. Yep. Um, that's going to be exciting. It's always a rewarding project and a stressful one the very last week of December. Um, but I think that's going to be another good publication. I think that's publication five or six for us now. Mm -hmm. um, We've, I think they're, I don't know, hopefully that's not the only one we have, but, or maybe we're getting time to flip into the new one. But, yeah. um, but I do see from the counter, people pick those up on a, on a regular mm -hmm. basis. So, and for me wanting to engage a customer, it's actually awesome for me to see them pick that up because it clues me in because I, you know, really haven't been here long enough to, to recognize all of our locals and sure. regular customers getting better. But, um, but it clues me in like, oh, this is somebody I can strike up a conversation with. And um, I think, you know, one thing that I think is super, I almost said super neat. I guess I just said it. Um, it's like an annoying thing that I say, super <laughs> neat. I like it. Um, I came from like a corporate you know, background for the last 15 years where the the mission is to destroy your competition. <laughs> and uh, I think what's great about small business and being down here is like everybody needs each other. It's almost the more the better. It, when I hear about another business doing something similar to us or what, like I, that makes me happy because you know that the traffic will, will be more important than any like, you know, hit to your ticket would be. And people want, like, yes, yeah, I, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing the amount of support our businesses give to each other. Ryan is amazing at it when people come in. Daphne's amazing at it. You guys down here at other trails are. But when we have environments that are just that true and that real, like, that's something people want to be around and be a part of. Um, and so it's, it's so cool that that's something we get to, you know, toot our horn for and brag about. Um, I watched, um, I always use this like COVID example, but all of us Main Street directors leaning on each other and me hearing just some of the horror stories happening in other towns across the world, not necessarily in Missouri, just not playing nice and not being supportive of one another. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, that's not at all what's happening in our community. And it just made me really proud that I get to be a little part of that. When, uh, like, just let me say like the, the events, I think least for us, they truly do achieve, I think, the, the goal. We're having people step in locally that haven't stepped in. We have people from, you know, from regionally that are stepping in that haven't been in. Hopefully they remember us next time. They've been, they've been like really impactful on those, on those days. They make for a long day, but, but they've been probably way longer for you than me, but, um, but those have been really impactful. But one of the neatest things for me has been if you watch like a stereotypical like 80s movie and they're in some small town and it's christmas time or it's a holiday there's a, like an abundance of like human beings walking around in their downtown 
And you're like, oh, that, like, in the past I'd be like, what town is that? Like, this isn't, like, there are no places like this. Everybody in the town is downtown and walking around. And there have been multiple times when I've, you know, left the shop for the day or, you know, just been down for other reasons. And, like, there's just people milling about. It's a, it's, it's a neat thing. Like, oh, it feels like I'm in a movie. It's pretty cool. It is. Um, Your question never came back to you. Oh, it did. You know what? But it's, 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 it was actually, I was, I was going to tie in a little bit um, to when we did the bike race. And one cool thing about doing the, when we did the bike race is our registration site provided us with a heat map. And so that's kind of what piqued my curiosity because we would always have a big contingent from St. Louis and we would have Wichita Emporia and, and then a little bit from the, so I just, it, it, that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, oh, this, it doesn't surprise me that that's where sure. folks are coming from because I would see that as well. The St. Louis maybe is the, was the one that I was always the most thrilled about because like they traveled, you know, across the state to, yeah. to be here. So, and then hopefully, you know, you, you kind of hope that they come back for another reason. Absolutely. So, and I think that can happen with all of these events, right? Yes. Somebody comes from, you know, somewhere within two hours um, for an event and like they have a great time like oh I want to come back and visit all the wineries or come back and and check out all the shops downtown or things like that so yeah so I'm gonna go not in not in a negative direction but an opportunity direction um, you mentioned there's a, a like a lack of um, like nightlife mm-hmm. a little bit there's a, I mean there's some right have there been communities like ours that are where downtown is kind of been on this consistent rise that's been able to kind of flip the last page because I think for small businesses it's hard to move from a place where you know you're doing enough business during regular hours um, to to sustain the business and it's hard to like you know go oh I'm ready to give up the rest of my time to to be open you know till eight o'clock or nine o'clock or want to own a business where the hours are, you know, weekends and nights. Has there been a community that's been able to kind of turn that page that there's a model for, or do you think there's hope for getting that rolling in town? That's a really tough question. So, um, no. (laughs) It seems hard. It It seems hard. It is. Um, You are what you are. Like, that's a thing. Um, So, no, unfortunately, there's not, like, any one community who we can say like XYZ community used to close their doors at four and five o'clock and now they're open till eight, nine and mm-hmm. they just rate. No, um, we don't have that perfect template that we could try and copy and paste here. Uh, it's kind of essentially, I mean, it's really multifaceted and like what has to occur and what has to happen. And it's almost like a chicken or the egg kind of concept. But like you said, it's tough. Like a lot of our small business owners, many don't even have employees. It's a staff of one. So determining what hours make sense for me to be here and how do I also have that work-life balance. Um, But another piece of that, I always say it's a positive and a negative for us is we have one of the lowest price per square foot rents um, for a commercial area anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... That is a good thing because it allows people try things or, sure. for lack of a better term, fail and still be okay and be able to get back on their feet and figure it out. 
Um, but it also is a negative in the sense that, oh, well, we don't have to be open longer than this because we're comfortable with what our business is producing and it's paying our bills and doing doing those things. And then, I mean, that just snowballs into the, at some point our rents will have to increase for our businesses because our property owners have to be able to to afford the upkeep of our beautiful historic structures. So that's one of like the challenging parts that on our meetings in here on the second Thursday of every month, it's a constant conversation and topic um, because you don't want to get to a price per square foot that's too unaffordable for businesses. But if it does increase mm -hmm. a little bit, does it force like that? Oh, sure, we'll be open on Friday and try it out. Um, but also where it's tough for businesses to jump on that, it has to be a united front, a group effort that's going to do that. And first, you know, Friday we're open till seven. You're not going to make a thousand dollars. Like it might take 16 weeks before it, we actually see yep. it. It is the long game. So it's got to be united and you have to have that buy-in that's such an, like, what is it? Like you have to do something for six months before you can actually like determine if it's working or not working. And like, that's a long commitment where, a business is taking on a ton of risks. So so it is challenging. Um, again, it's been a conversation at a table monthly for like a decade. So if you ever have any grandiose ideas on how we could get that to work, I would love to hear them. I, I would like, when I say I would like to see us have more nightlife, I am not thinking, I don't want like a club vibe or that's sure. not what I'm going for, but just like a nice environment people can come be a part of in the evening hours. And in the offerings that we currently have, our business mix is perfect for that. Um, it's just, it's a challenge to figure out how we do that, how we get people down here and how we, I guess, minimize the bleed, if you will, until hopefully it becomes a successful venture. I've visited, um, now this is not a fair comparison at all because it's in the mountains and there's a ski resort, sure. but, um, spent a lot of time in Steamboat Springs and alongside the restaurants and the bars, all the, all the shops have, they've, they've figured out how to get, and maybe it's not figured out. There's just enough. There's so much demand that mm -hmm. it, it, it forces, it forces the hand because it's a no brainer, I guess. But, sure. but, um, man, that's, that's kind of the, my hope is where we can get to is a place where we can, our businesses, it's it makes sense for them to be open um, to seven or eight o'clock night alongside the restaurant. So when people are walking to their their dinner, they uh, can stop in a shop or do something. So yeah, hold on a sec. We're actually closed. I'm sorry. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. No, you're fine. I probably should have locked the door. So <laughs> thank you. Um, I probably should have thought of that, huh? I, I didn't either. Yeah. Usually that's a good thing. We're like, ah, oh, if we're here, we'll sure. you know, we'll go ahead and help them. So. Um, but one, so some, a few things that I've noticed as, um, being here is, well, before I was here, before I was a part of other trails, I was friends with Linda and Jody. So I kind of watched them go through this journey. And, uh, like one thing you, you notice right away is if you, if you're going to jump into a business and you think that like in six months, like you're just rocking and rolling. I mean, sure that happens sometimes, but to establish yourself, you kind of have to be in it for the long haul and you yep. have to, you have to recognize that, that there's a build. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're doing it right, that build just is just kind of keeps going. So we have a lot of folks 
who have tried things and continue to try things downtown, which is awesome. I love to see that. Even though it's not, doesn't get us to where we want to go, like right now, like positive gain with each, each time somebody tries something or invest money into a building. Yeah, this isn't the official, like, correct term. There's there's different types of entrepreneurs, and what I learned through probably one of the best trainings I ever went to is of the f- five or six different types of entrepreneurs, there's nothing I can do or you can do that's ever going to change the type of entrepreneur they are. And just hearing that that day, I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is going to save me a ton of heartache and headache. Um, but I remember whenever I first started... One of our challenges, and this kind of hits on what you just said as mm-hmm. well as the last topic, but one of our challenges was is what we we had what I call hobby business owners. Mm-hmm. What I mean by hobby is I'm only open on Saturdays, sometimes maybe if I want to be. Yep. Um, that is not good for a district, nor is it good for the neighbor who is trying to run a legitimate small business. That is detrimental to the district as a whole. And while, yes, we still do have some of those entrepreneurs and small businesses, that number is minuscule compared to what it once was. And so what I have seen happening through the years is, I'm not going to use the word true entrepreneur, but a higher level of entrepreneur and business owner has been what has been joining us. Occasionally we'll get our one-offs that, you know, they're only here six, eight months to a year. Um, but our longevity of business has increased so much. And mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that is through targeted marketing efforts, through us being able to, ooh, sorry, for us to be, I talk a lot with my hands, for us to do more detailed target marketing for business recruitment, for us to actually be able to have the assets to provide data that supports these entrepreneurs. Um, And then also the partnership we have with the city to go through the pre-development plan process. You know, if you have a dream, go talk to Lindsay first, and then we'll see when we get you downstairs and actually in a doorfront. Our property owners have been big advocates in that. It's not perfect, but we did go from sometime Saturday, maybe if I want Mm -hmm. to's to at least now our businesses have set hours of operation and yeah. are present. Yep. We didn't have that not too long ago. So we're moving in the right direction. And and this is one of those things, like, I think we all wish we could just, like, snap our fingers and it be, like, our dream and what we want it to be. But Rome wasn't built overnight, and yeah. neither is this going yep. to be. So we just have to keep trucking and keep working, and our volunteers continue to do that. And I think eventually we're going to wake up and be like, oh, we did it. We're open till seven o'clock or whatever yeah. that goal may be, you know, five, 10 years down the road. If you could do anything downtown, <laughs> like I could answer that. Like, what would you do if you could do I could answer that very easily. I would go, you would, you'd like, okay, enough, enough. Um, like, do you have, like, what would that project be? What would be like the, the big, like, what would be the thing that you, you would do if you could do anything like tomorrow? You can answer it so fast. I'm not creative. I'm like the logistical, statistical, like overthinker. Um, But I mean, I kind of feel like I touch on it, lame or not, like the streetscape. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's my dream project. I feel like when you walk out here, don't get me wrong, like our buildings make it pretty, but outside of the buildings, it's like a highway. People literally drive 45 down at times. Yeah, yeah. And so just the sense of place that will create, that's my dream project. I think it'd be cool if we could get some fountains. Like that's it. You, you talked me into it. I got there. We Water. I mean, yeah. operating the visitor center, the amount of people that come in, where do I taste the water? Where do I soak? Well, you can't. Yep. Well, how come? Well, and, you know, it's just this, like, super long story of, well, you guys have, like, all of these cool mineral waters, and, like, you're not doing anything with them? No. Um, so 
I mean, I'm talking maybe that's fountains on our ends. Maybe it's hot springs from a private industry. But just having our community actually tap into that asset again, mm -hmm. like I think that's like our solution to how we like blow up and accomplish all the things we're wanting to do. How many people go to Eureka for the hot springs or go up to Montana to soak in those spring waters? Mm -hmm. It's a thing. So maybe that's it. I don't yep. know. I don't know if that's a good answer, bad answer. I think that's, a, that's an awesome answer. I, I naively uh, <laughs> looked into trying to help with that once, and, and it quickly becomes daunting. Um, but I, I was like, man, if you could just... If you could just drink one, we don't need all like yeah. all like eleven. Like if we could just if we could just say here's like this is one of the you know the mineral waters that this town was built on. I think that would be huge. Mm -hmm. It really would because our history is so unique and amazing. There's just not um, a lot a lot of places in the world that have like that were just built on this idea. So yeah. Like, we have one water that, like, we're the only place other in the United States and only one place in the rest of the world has it. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. We're just letting it stand your ground. Yep. And I know there, I think there is a committee out there that's yes. that's working on that as well. But, Absolutely. But uh, it sounds like there's there's a lot of challenges to making that happen. But, but then I'm like, does it just need somebody to, like, go... You know what? Like, I'm not taking no for answer. We're just gonna. We're I just... think it needs your <clears throat> your private investor, private money, almost like an angel investor, or yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money just to to even like get it to pop up out of the ground, let alone like consume it or soak yeah. it. Yeah, and it um, guidelines, regulations, yeah. and health codes, and all that. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, we'll get yep. there hopefully. Yeah, I, I think we have to. Like, I don't. I don't think. There's a way that that doesn't happen someday, but it's just like, how soon? Right. That's That probably is the best one. Like, yes. that's not the one that came to my what mind right away. Well, mine are a collection. Okay. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's, yours is going to be like about biking and activity, well, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, but like like the Royal is, is yeah, you know, kind of become an eyesore, but you can look at it and see like... Potential. Potential. Maybe not in... Like, to me, the potential is not in making it something similar to what it used to be. It's like reimagining it as something completely different that saves it, but also makes it like an asset for downtown, if that makes sense. I can't tell you who, but there are two interested parties right now that are actually serious. Nice. I just, how, how great would it be if you visit our town and you could go up on that terrace? Oh, yeah. And like... Have a drink or overlook the city or mm -hmm. a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's just anything. Like that's that's what I see a look with the the royal. And it just that's just nice or yep. it'd be it'd be nice for that to be reined reined back in a little bit. So but uh and then I think of hollow waters like um how could it be useful and um in a way that, that draws money to it instead of like it being a place that that I office that's out of begging <laughs> for money. Like right. not begging for money, but just is in desperate need of oh, absolutely. money. So the but, millions we've put into it in the last couple of years. Just to keep it kind of there. Standing. Not, not um, without even addressing. Deferred maintenance. All right. Well, let's do this. So in every podcast, what I like to do is kind of wrap things up with share your nugget. Okay. And all it is is maybe it's a your mantra for living a happy life. Maybe it's a, like a piece of something inspirational like when I listen to other podcasts, like there's little pieces that I like grab onto and then I kind of carry with me. So share your nuggets. This is going to be so disappointing <laughs> since I didn't read anything. 
dang it. Um, share my nugget. Okay. Mm-hmm. To be fair, the email I sent looks kind of just generic, and then towards the it was end, in the pretty font, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Like, no. Like, I read. I read like to the nugget. It was the line after that, right? Yeah. But I think what I will leave you with today is what we are doing down here isn't done by me, the executive director, or me done by the staff. It's done by the people who graciously give and donate their time to our causes, whether that be sitting on committees or being active. And so each and every person who wants to make a difference has the power to do that in each of their communities. Um, Maybe it's a big effort, maybe it's a small effort, but we're doing it because they all have a belief in what we're working toward. That works. Is that I like it. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I failed you. No, you didn't. I think uh, it's, there's just like a plethora and truth in that, right? It takes. It's a village. It takes takes a village. village, I know. So it's It's very true. true. (laughs) Maybe we need to come up with something better than a village, but. Um, Yeah. It is. It's very true. Yep. I love it. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yep. Thank you. Mm -hmm.